listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Podcasting to you from the not-so-smoky skies of Edmond, Oklahoma, where I, for one, am happy that 4th of July is over, but uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. Piedmont, Oklahoma, where the county is the only thing Canadian here in America. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think my neighbor said it best. Of course, they're transplants. They moved from uh, San Francisco. And uh, she said, come on, Tim, this is it. This is the 48 hours where, that we get to just like totally celebrate America and not have any shame. We don't have to like pretend like we're on the West Coast and like we don't like it. 48 hours. I don't, I don't well, know when the he, first fireworks display you went to, but uh, our first one was on Sunday. So. Oh, you're, so ours was short. Your first one was on Sunday. No kidding. This was, this was a... 72 hours. 72 hour festivities uh, put on by uh, the Bridge Church. Okay. This was their Mustang campus, local... Mm-hmm mega church they've got churches all over but full on uh you know bouncy houses just you know every inflatable thing for the kids you can imagine uh 20 different food trucks it was bigger than piedmont's like the city celebration (laughs) and the the fireworks display which i mean kudos to them you have it Sunday night, so I'm sure they, you know, geared everybody up at at all their churches, and then come out Sunday night, and no one else has fireworks Sunday night. Tons of people there. I mean, thousands and thousands of people, and just a huge professional fireworks display. Apparently, one of their uh, members is like, that's what he does is fireworks shows. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, so, yeah. It was 
kicking off and then uh yeah we did uh we we're like we need a morning parade because the piedmont parade was in the evening and too hot for the the youngest hoffman there so sure so she she kind of she had to leave early last year so we're like well let's find a morning one so we you know, getting everyone out the door on time to get across town to your stomping grounds of Edmond. Bit of a challenge, but we made it and uh, saw the Edmond Parade. Part of I don't want to get I don't want to get it mixed up with Yukon. So Edmond is Liberty Fest. Yukon is Freedom Fest, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the Liberty Fest Parade, part of a three-week ensemble of <laughs> Liberty Fest events in Edmond, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it billed itself as the most patriotic parade in America, and I haven't seen anything more patriotic. So, <laughs> next time you're in my stomping grounds and go into a parade, or just in my stomping grounds in general, just give me a holler, just shoot me a text, let me know what you're doing. We were also at the uh, parade, unbeknownst to us that you were there, but yeah, we went to the morning parade with some neighbors of course that was the morning after uh july 3rd and july 3rd is when our neighborhood shoots off fireworks so there was a giant fire the fireworks display down there on the golf course visible for all the neighborhoods around and then then that evening i uh introduced my son to uh lighting gigantic fireworks and (laughs) running away from them and yeah, I bought a, a few fireworks, but nothing compared to some of my neighbors who I swear spent thousands of dollars to stand in their front yard and blow crap up, which was really, really refreshing considering just a short two years ago, I was, so two, not the last 4th of July, but the one before that, I, I was in Edmonds, Edmonds, Washington, and there was a full-on fireworks ban it was you know they said don't do it it's illegal and uh they were saying that would start forest fires and you know there was a bunch of people you know mostly don't like america so i I actually i bought some mortars and stood in my front yard anyway and the street and lit them off and shot them up in the air and had them explode it was awesome by myself in washington because i refused (laughs) i was like i'm gonna probably leave anyway so i'm just gonna do this and uh, true to form, my next door neighbor with uh, blue hair, who was an elementary school teacher, came out and uh, put both hands on her hip and informed us she was going to call the cops. And <laughs> I kept lighting them. And uh, you know what's really funny about that? The lady directly across the street, who was exponentially closer to the giant fireworks I was shooting up in the air, uh, she was 80 years old. And she stood in her front window and clapped and raised her hands when I shot oh. off giant fireworks. So it's it's almost like that's what we used to do, and now we can't. But anyway, so uh, yeah, uh, from the dystopic West Coast, I read an article this weekend uh, written by some uh, non-playable character in California who said that they are excited for they see the writing on the wall with global warming and putting smoke into the air that fireworks really isn't the way of the future and that we should all get on board with drone demonstrations 
So oh, just like just like the little drones floating around and lights. Yeah, yeah. So oh, they great. they get they get hundreds of drones and then they flash the lights in a certain way and it makes little designs. And that is the wave of the future. Which nothing says freedom. Like a bunch of drones flying, like, a bunch of robots but, flying overhead like in a when the concerted effort. Drones get the day off of being surveillance drones <laughs> to make light patterns in the sky. That's freedom. I love when that happens. So, anyway, and then yeah, the following day, July fourth, we went to the parade, and then uh, yeah, there was more fireworks that evening, and we went to yet another family's home whose neighborhood was shooting off fireworks, and I mean, it, it was so intense that by like day two hour two of lighting i mean we, we i think there was a like i'm not gonna exaggerate probably like two trash can size pile of like boxes of of things that have been lit off at this guy's house like it was just insane absolutely yep. insane yep. and uh the uh did he the, get the big boom pack for 799 dollars i i think i i believe that my direct next my, like the the guy in my neighborhood, I believe he made the big boom pack look small. I mean, they lit they lit fireworks until one or two in the morning, and I'm not talking like it was just constant, humongous fireworks. And by the end of it, on day two, my six year old boy was inside. I said, "What are you doing inside?" He's playing with toys. What are you doing in here? It's hot, and uh, I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah, just... yeah, they they could be. <laughs> You kind of have to find out what's too much, but there is a point, right? There's definitely a point. There's a hundred percent a point. We and yeah. But but I saw a. Um, oh, let's see. So, so yeah, someone was making. I don't know if they were passing through our neck of the woods or if they moved here. It was uh, someone on No Agenda Social from that Larry show. Okay. And he was showing like the, our the. Uh, fireworks store over in arcadia which is right by you sure right, right by edmund sure sure and it's east edmund pack, the the big boom pack for 799 dollars and i'm telling you there are fireworks stands everywhere and they oh yeah business it it was a hundred hundred degrees out high mm-hmm. humidity just miserable mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. lines of people at these fireworks oh yeah stores. no we're here to celebrate america buddy yeah. this is this is how it is this is yeah it was, yeah, it, was it was good uh, we <laughs> it's then, a little uh, intense yeah the the Piedmont event the fireworks show itself wasn't all that great I think they just kind of assume you're gonna go shoot a bunch of fireworks off at home right but uh, they went all out they they paid Chester's party barn to come do all the rides and stuff for free so everything from pony rides to water slide inflatable stuff you know uh to ride in a bowl you know the the whole deal it was all out there for free for the kids so it was a a good event good small town event so that was our actual fourth of july evening event so yeah so those on the west coast don't even know what we're talking about but uh there was there was a uh an event (laughs) yeah so the uh speaking of our old stomping grounds yeah like uh directly across from where i used to work and it closed down a road i used to drive home on for a brief time when we lived over in white salmon uh big fire 
right oh, on the no. north side of the Columbia River. And I, as I do, checked out the Hood River Weather.info uh, forum. And besides liking to talk about the weather, they like to freak out about stuff. And considering this happened July 2nd, what do you think the main suspect, the immediate suspect, the Osama bin Laden <laughs> announcement 9-11, you know, hours into it, uh, what do you think everybody blamed it on? Gotta be fireworks. Gotta be fireworks, right? Trumpers. I believe, Trumpers. I can't believe fireworks, yada, yada, yada. No, never mind that it occurred. It was called the Tunnel 5 fire because it occurred in, it started from, uh, started in a railway tunnel. Um, oh, which has never happened before. Yeah. Trains have never started a fire before. Right. Uh, never mind people, you know, all sorts of cameras and stuff all show at the same spot. There's no one around. There's no one shooting off fireworks, but there is a train going by. <laughs> so uh, Warren Buffett tried to burn down uh, the gorge again, <laughs> and somehow fireworks took the blame, and people were freaking out that nobody better sh- shoot off any fireworks this year. So it's like, you know, you can just shoot them off over the Columbia River. It's going to be okay. It's Sand and water. Yeah. Yep. yep. You're really not taking a big risk. But Well, and I think we... Uh, I, might, I might be mistaken, but I believe somebody was arrested in Canada Can- for setting some for of these more, the climate more recent... The fires? Yeah, the more recent climate change fires that have been happening. Yeah, interesting how they always happen, you know, like all at once... Along roadways, that would be easy to, you know, drive, set a fire, drive, set a fire, drive, set a fire. It's just, it's one of those quirks of climate change. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Spontaneous combustion by by roadways. You're not like a Marjorie Taylor Greene or something. You don't believe in Jewish (laughs) space space lasers, do you, Andrew? You don't even, you you just need Antifa with the gas can. Yeah. Unless there's a, they still use gasoline for that. Like as long as you're driving an electric car, is it all right to use a a can of gasoline for starting? Do you think even the greeniest of greenies think that? No, I guess they do. They they do think it's going to be. They'll be fine. The the gasoline is bad, so bad. So So, yeah, that's uh, it's the. The difference there and why we're one of the reasons why we're out here yeah so absolutely it's yeah. been it's been hot it was a little cooler today but the weather was good for fourth of july stuff so but i we did have an interesting uh local event let's see it was not this past week it was the week before Remember the, I think it was a Tuesday, the lightning storm? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a few of them. But I I happened to be uh, catch five seconds of the local news, and they were talking about a confirmed lightning strike and house fire in Surrey Hills, which is five minutes from here. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, didn't think much of it. Uh, it was my pastor. My pastor's house oh, wow. got struck by lightning. 
burned to the point where they can't can't live there. So that was uh, wow. When you're a pastor and your house gets struck by lightning, you know I haven't heard anything wrong with his theology, but I, I'm sure he's going through like you know like double checking everything. So this is. That's unintentionally very funny, Andrew. Yeah, so. <laughs> just, just double checking things, making sure everything's ship shape. Just making sure, you know, it's on the right track. And I, I think we chose correctly, although, you know, it doesn't sound fun to be, you know, the victim of a, of a fire, uh, or excuse me, of a lightning strike. But I mean, you know, I almost purchased a property that my dad owned down there in the, the Newcastle Norman Blanchard area. And uh, this year it feels like what two out of every th- or five out of every three tornadoes is formed <laughs> just down there in Newcastle. I mean, it's just kind of wild. It's gotten a lot of action down there. Yeah. It's gotten a lot of action here lately. And meanwhile, up here, Lightning strikes. Uh, since we've lived here, the house across the street, kind of diagonally from us, has been uh, for a while, for four or five months, it sat empty and burned, like a giant, beautiful house, halfway burned out. And it had also been struck by lightning. I guess there was an insurance claim or some sort of insurance issue with it, but it's just now kind of being finished up. But uh, all the homes around here, the the bigger homes, so they have really big roof lines, but they all have uh, those lightning rods. And I guess lightning is super common here. Uh, my mother uh, lost an air conditioner during that lightning storm, which was odd. Like they just, just all of a sudden, one day, two of the two of the or one, yeah, she had two air conditioners, and one of them stopped working, so half the house wasn't cooled. Kind of a weird deal. It's just like what. What kind of weird lightning strike situation, you know, causes that? But I think I'd rather cause it to short out, basically. Or I don't know. Maybe the power went on and off, and it overloaded it or something. But it was, it was odd. No, that was it. It, it. The reason they suspected that or suspected anything was because they lost the the internet router fried, and yeah. they lost an air conditioner. Yeah. Which. I mean, what would cause that? I mean, an electrician may write in and tell us, hey, it's from this, but maybe it's like a power surge from... Yeah, it could be a power the... surge, which may or may not have had anything to do with lightning, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, just two very strange, like an air compressor and a router, you don't ever feel like, or air conditioner compressor and a router being connected. You don't really think of those two as the two, uh, I, two similar things that would uh, have an issue like that, so... Yeah. Well, apologies. I think I'd rather have lightning strikes than tornadoes. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, and uh, you know, apologies for not doing a show last week. It was my fault. We did. Uh, we tried twice, and both times, my work schedule got in the way. I was busy, busy driving, and uh, alternating between selling to people who will delay the install enough to change their minds and just not selling at all. So yeah, it's been, it was a long week last week, a lot of miles and not a lot, not a lot to show for it. So, well, I'm sorry, man. That doesn't sound like fun at all, but, uh, 
we got uh, it's a it's a new week this week, and we'll see. We shall see. Um, but the reason I mentioned theology, uh, Chris White, the OG of our little tiny niche here, and <laughs> literally the OG of Revelations Radio, anything. Uh, put out a new podcast I was wrong about Once Saved Always Saved and my backsliding testimony so people should check that out oh wow I I, uh, I, I, I did a, a, a terrible thing Andrew completely off topic but I did a thing I I accidentally wanted to so I looked at my phone and it was filling up and I'm like why why is my phone filling up all this space I have a, plenty of uh storage and then i look and i just had like i don't know 30 40 gigabytes of uh of podcasts and i just thought oh that's not good let's go in here and instead of just going one by one through and kind of clicking through and deleting each of them i uh i i i, I hit it like a clear all and it, it was it was the worst thing ever. I lo- I, lo- I I I basically unsubscribed from every podcast and deleted all the podcasts on my phone. It was a it was a hard thirty seconds or a minute there where I realized what I had done. I was like, oh no! So I lost my place in all the podcasts I was listening to. And thank you for the reminder. I don't think I had re-added Bible prophecy talk. So he had a backsliding uh, once saved always save testimony. I have to listen to that before we talk about it, but. Sounds interesting. It is interesting. Anything Chris puts out, he's always, you know, done his research on it, and uh, always makes you think, whatever side side of that particular argument that you're on. So people should check that out. And you know, the great thing about podcasting, you can be as <laughs> as honest as you want to be, and you could talk about whatever you want. So there you. There you go. And so I'm, we might even get emails just from me mentioning that. But uh, yeah. Oh, about pe- people saying disagreeing? Yeah, I am not saying whether I agree or disagree. I'm saying it's worth uh, listening to. And off the bat, I have I have questions and some uh, emotions raising in my in my myself. So and but I but I love me some Chris and, and that will be. Interesting to check out. I gotta. I wish I. I wish I had listened to it so we could discuss. But well, so it's it's kind of related. I didn't clip that because uh, people should just go listen to the whole thing. But I did clip um, on a related topic. All right. So one of the things Chris talks about in there is the idea of apostasy and how apostasy is like the historical Christian definition of apost- uh, of apostasy, you kind of have to twist a little bit to get to once saved, always saved. Okay. Um, and so, and that's part of the basis for his, his argument is basically there's more verses in support of the opposing position than there is for once saved, always saved. Um, so this term came up in... A Mark Driscoll clip, which is, was a part of our friend Will's uh, "The Truth Is Stranger Than Fiction," he did like a a video 
the main part of which is audio from a Mark Driscoll sermon, uh, which started on talking about Elijah. Like I've got a soft spot for anything, you know, like Old Testament prophet related. Sure. Kind of my jam. So, yeah, it was. I'm like, wait a second, Mark Driscoll. <laughs> so, uh, back in the Revelations Radio News Archives, 226 was the last time, but not the first time we talked about Mars Hill and uh, Mark Driscoll. And this was a Mars Hill was the Seattle megachurch that Mark Driscoll started when he was 25, um, and by all accounts he's kind of a jerk at least for people that that work for him so that's kind of that's not really too debated that he's a jerk it's just a matter of like well he's a really talented speaker so is it okay to be a pastor who's a jerk to people is that kind of a red flag and should you not be a pastor if you can't you know be nice to to the people that work for you at the church um, I don't know. There's lots of there's lots of nice pastors out there that uh, probably aren't having well, the impact that they should. So if can, I, yeah. if I could weigh in just for a quick minute on this, the two po- churches that collapsed in Seattle while I was living there was Mars Hill for uh, an overabundance of legalism and dependence on the top. And then the top was kind of a jerk to the people below him who was kind of a jerk to the people below them. So there's a bit of a pyramid structure, which is prevalent in all modern churches in America. And the top was a little bit jerky and lower down. It got more and more jerky and super legalistic. Like we were kicking convening and kicking people out and it got, the the just, political structure of the church began to rot from within because it was too structured. But I will say this in defense of Mark Driscoll, while I do think he's a jerk and did uh, poorly for Christianity, because, and I think we talked about this on the show, there was a uh, free newspaper that I used to love to read called The Stranger. And The Stranger just always had like cool shows that were going to be happening, but also extremely liberal editorials. And their favorite topic was to bring up Mark Driscoll and what Mark Driscoll was doing. And for a long time, and for a long time, I chuckled because, you know, they would try to make fun of him, but he had this super successful church. But as his demise continued and began, actually, they, They I I think he did, yeah, he did a lot to damage the. The other mega church was East Lake. East Lake was the same uh, in that it was an enormous mega church with a big screen and everybody, you know, there's many different campuses, which, you know, is prevalent around here as well. But um, they were not legalistic at all. <laughs> like super liberal about everything. And then there was like the it's okay it's it's okay to be gay and i'm like it's okay to be gay to come into church because i'm cool with that and it's like they're like no it's okay to be gay and be in our church and be a member and i'm like i don't know about the being a member and they're like and you can teach and i was like i gotta get out of here <laughs> so uh and then that that church uh completely uh 
like imploded on itself. Uh, I think there was, they had several campuses in a very, very high real estate market. So they became kind of a business. They were bringing in money. They had a bar license, a liquor license, because they served beer at some of their football games. And there was a lot of gray areas that were crossed. And in the end, I believe he is now preaching uh, sexual uh, exploration and uh, microdosing mushrooms. Oh, the East Lake guy? Yeah. So, uh, in Mark Driscoll's, his name is, uh, it's funny, I mentioned this the other day and somebody actually knew his name. Oh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head now. Ryan Meeks. That is Ryan Meeks. Time Magazine called him like one of the most up and coming pastors and relevant people. And I think I actually talked to somebody who we went to that church and they were like, the Time Magazine is the, like, that's the beginning of the end. Like where he got called out in Time Magazine as being like a featured, like, you know, up and coming pastor that was going to be relevant in American society. Like that was like the moment his head got so big, it almost fell off and everything went wild. But anyway, in Mark Driscoll's defense, I never heard him preach. Not never. That's true. I'll say never. I personally have never heard him preach anything that I thought was heretical from the pulpit, like at all. He had a somewhat toxic church, which may have been based off of a toxic personality, and he got too big for his britches in an area that 100% wanted to see him fail. They wanted him to fail so much. So, anyway. Yeah, so, he, so he left, and he's at, uh, he started a new church down in Arizona. Um, which is what one does, right, when you live in... Washington, and you get sick of the weather there. You just moved to Arizona. Yeah, Scottsdale, Arizona, just happens to be. There's a lot of people with a lot of money. You know, if you're trying to start a mega church, it's not the worst <laughs> to start a mega church. It's know. also a lot of Seattleites yeah. who have a lot of money who also live in in the, the desert, either yeah. Palm Palm Springs, Palm Desert. So all, all that being said, uh, put this in the category of uh, you know the the fence and kind of being surprised who's on who's on which side of the fence because uh, I I was listening to this and I'm like Mark Driscoll really Will what are, what are you doing and then I'm like oh man <laughs> I can see why he made the video so it's uh, let's do the short uh, the short clip first which is just uh, get a job Let's just play that one. I had the, a tweet. I had it loaded, man. I had Mark Trisco loaded, and then I had the get a job loaded. And you're like, now we're going with the big one. All right, hold on. I read this verse. We put it on the internet, and it went viral on TikTok. Not because I was dancing with it, just because I read the verse. There was a whole generation of young men who were like, "Oh my gosh, the Bible says to work," and they were shocked. Here's another punch in the mouth verse. 1 Timothy 5.8, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially members of his household, that's your wife and kids, he has denied the faith and is worse than what? An unbeliever. A Christian man who doesn't work is worse than a non-Christian. Okay? Now, if you're offended, you're wrong. Here's what he says. There are non-Christians and there are Christians, and the Christians who have men in the family who don't go to work to feed the women and children, those men are worse than the non-Christian men. This is as strong as it could be. And they weren't at work, so they had time to watch the video clip. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Yeah. And 
you know. The Bible doesn't say you have to like be successful at work. You just have to try, right? <laughs> no, convicting. All right. Um, then the the main clip. This is what came from uh, from Will's thing, and he defines apostasy in here, which I, I am pretty sure is an accurate uh, definition. And I thought it was interesting among among other things. We live in an insane day. We're arguing over birthing people, pregnant people, people who can menstruate, gender pronouns. We've got males and female sports. All of a sudden, mental health is a civil right. In addition, we're not allowed to just have our children go to the bathroom without guarantee that there won't be some predator there who has gender dysphoria and confusion. We have drag shows for kids all the way down to babies this week in the UK. Anytime a child is in a sexualized environment, it's not entertainment, it's grooming. In addition, if you say anything about it, there is cancel culture where they come to deplatform you and crucify you. It comes under the auspices of social justice, equity, systematic racism, patriarchy, and victimhood. Victims of nothing, I would add. In addition, they would say that since there is no visible leader, this is not a genuine movement, and since there is no visible teacher, there is no legitimate movement. And I would say there is clearly a leader. It's just not someone who is physical. Behind it all, there is something powerfully at work in the spiritual realm of the unseen. That's why we call it being woke. Today's topic is New Day's Old Demons. It's a prophetic word about progressive wokeness. The Bible doesn't just tell us what happened, but what always happens. And not what's just going on in the world that we see, but going on behind that world in the world we don't see. The Apostle Paul says it this way in Ephesians 6, 12, we are fighting, and friends, we are fighting. We are fighting. We're fighting for freedom. We're fighting for faith. We're fighting for family. We're fighting for future. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. It's not people that we hate. It's the powers, principalities, and spirits that are deceiving and using and enslaving and destroying those people that we have no regard for. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits. What is referred to as being woke is a demonic counterfeit of being born again. Jesus said that we must be born again. That means awakened by the Spirit of God to our own sin. Being woke is the counterfeit of that. It's being awakened by demonic spirits so that you will understand that you are a good person and not a sinner and you don't need Jesus. You're your own Savior. There is always a conflict between God and government because God declares and decrees that he is the highest authority and that the only authority that government has is derivative from God. That's what it says in Romans 13. Government gets its authority from God. What government wants to do is be the highest authority, remove and replace God. So what the government does in the story of Elijah, hear me in this, closes all the churches. And it sends forth false prophets to keep the churches closed. See, we talk about fake news, and the biblical language for that would be false prophecy. 
A false prophet is one who says something will happen, causes a spirit of fear to come among a people so that they give up their liberties and stop worshiping God. And what they are told is a lie and it doesn't come to pass. A few years ago, our government hired a bunch of false prophets to tell us that the end of the world was coming unless we stopped going to church and stopped going to school and stopped going to work, unless we all surrendered our liberties and rights. And COVID-19 was a series of false prophecies that were promulgated by the government. We are not evolving, we are devolving. We are not getting better, we're getting worse. And we're so deceived and evil that we live under the myth that we are somehow closer to being like Jesus than they were a few thousand years ago. Syncretism is this, when you take what God says and you take what God forbids and you affirm both. Syncretism is where you have that which is for God and that which is anti-God and you try and bring them together with some sort of reconciliation. That's the buzzword, that's the virtue signaling word for syncretism, is reconciling. And what we have here is Baal and Astra, two demon gods. Religions are promulgated, propagated by powerful demonic forces in the unseen realm. Baal was considered the chief male deity. Astra was considered the chief female deity. It is said that they had illicit sexual intimate relations. The ancient worship was very pornographic and when people would gather for church, they would do the unthinkable, unspeakable, unimaginable. What happens when there is syncretism, there is apostasy. That's where people are for and anti-God. They say they are for God, but they live anti-God. They follow in the ways of Judas, not Jesus. The word apostasy comes from ancient battle. When you would go to war for your king and your kingdom, if in the middle of the battle you changed sides and you fought and warred against your king and kingdom, that was treason, it was called apostasy. What is true physically is also true spiritually. Today we would call it wokeism, deconstructionism, progressivism. We have social Marxism, and it shows up most prominently today in issues of sex and marriage and gender and parenting. And again, in the days of Elijah, they closed the churches, they closed the Christian Bible teaching schools, and they canceled and ultimately killed the prophets. These are the same days. The church was closed, Christian schools and education are under attack. The authority of parents to decide what their children learn and don't learn is now suddenly debatable. And if you should say anything, you will be deplatformed and you will be canceled. And what has happened now is the church of Jesus Christ has been closed and it has not bounced back. We're now seeing record low church attendance in the history of our nation. Not surprisingly, we're also seeing historic levels of mental health problems. In addition, a lot of churches that are now open, they were so gripped by a spirit of fear during the season of false prophecies that they are cowardly. They've lost their courage. Those pastors are soft woke. The difference between a soft woke and a true woke pastor is simply honesty and integrity and overtness. Not what they believe, but what they will declare. I thought it was good. There's more and, and I'll put the 
I put the link in the show notes to the whole the whole sermon too. But yeah, that was good. So the apostasy is in the middle of the battle. You start fighting for the other side. Hmm. And that's you know it's in some ways I had always back to Chris White's thing, right? So. He he makes the case. Oh, that I see. Yeah, it's interesting. Once saved, always saved is not mm-hmm. not biblical, and it's just and it's a fairly new doctrine. And that there are some verses that support it, but those verses in context aren't really saying what the theology of once saved, always saved is claiming they do. Um, and. This is something I heard growing up was because I, I went to, you know, once saved, always saved churches. Uh, my grandpa was the pastor and he, he would say, he's like, well, yeah, we believe once saved, always saved. But then at the same time, you're looking at someone who clearly is not, you know, living as a Christian. We would just say they were never a Christian in the first place. Sure. Not that. Um, oh, they're still saved, nothing to worry about, right? Mm-hmm. So the and Chris White's point is that um, for him, he knew that he had genuinely been a Christian, right? Right. So he just assumed like there's no way I can lose that, and he felt a personal conviction that God was telling him like, no, like you're you're either going to start obeying me or this is your chance. So, hmm. um, it was, yeah, it was a powerful thing to listen to. Definitely, uh, worth considering. Even if your house hasn't been struck by lightning, uh, it's worth taking, uh, taking stock of where, you know, especially if you're in a position where you're influencing other people, you know, it, yeah. it's not just a philosophical, um, pie in the sky argument, when you're talking about salvation and what it means to be saved, what it means to be a Christian, heaven and hell, man, it's, it's real stuff. And just like wanting to uh, make it as PC and woke as possible, not getting us closer to the biblical truth. So, sure, I sure. I think... We were just talking about, you know, the perfect, perfect case for this discussion. Really, we stumbled onto his names, Ryan Meeks. And I think that that church brought a lot of fruit. Like there was a lot of fruit born out of that church. Uh, A lot of people, very seeker friendly, had a very big following very quickly. And obviously it all went, you know, kablooey. It all went south pretty quickly. But in the context of kind of what we're talking about here, you know, it's hard to, to see him not as a Christian, bringing all those people in and, and, and leading them towards Jesus. And, you know, I know people that, are, you know, were baptized for that church, came to know Jesus from that church, and still are practicing Christians at this day. So right, right. I know God can use whatever he wants, but it's, he's an interesting kind of case study. Like, well, what, you know, was he ever saved? What, what, what would that look like? Was he? And he just kind of decided to microdose mushrooms instead. I mean, that's, I guess, a possibility, right? Yeah, and it's isn't that the uh, 
the grand theft world theory on religion is it's all about mushrooms. <laughs> You've been listening to a lot of Grand Theft World. There's only one part about Grand Theft World I disagree with. They find a way to kind of rope it into every uh, every episode too, so that, that's a little bit annoying. But no, it, but sometimes they're sometimes if they have somebody on who is a Christian, you could tell they they back off pretty far, pretty hard. So always always fun to listen to them. It's like it, yeah. I think they need to watch the uh, Zeitgeist debunked. Uh, Chris White there on some of their stuff they're calling back to. It's a, a little bit invalid. We'll put it that way. But <laughs> yes. Like a, yeah, okay. Uh, thousands and thousands of martyrs just chose to uh, be put to death rather than deny Christ uh, because it was really all about mushrooms. Is that? <laughs> Come on. I think, I feel like. I feel like you're rounding up our, our dudes and putting a pretty bad... I, I've missed the Mushrooms episode. Is this a more recent episode we're talking about Mushrooms? I've just heard him mention it as like... Like, actual religion is just actually is related to magic mushrooms. Allegory and... Yeah. 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 Who knows? Yep. Which, uh, there are spiritual practices related to hallucinogenics like magic mushrooms and sure the East, eastern religion definitely but uh that's that is not christianity that's why there's no. a difference but yeah so anyway i'm not to be, it, it's a very good podcast i'm not bashing no it's it's saying. i still can't I, just, I don't understand how they do six hours bro like they just get on late at night and go until the morning six hours like doesn't that mess up your whole week i just good for them when i was young i could Drink, occasionally do drugs, stay up late, and wake up the next day and be fine. Now that I'm old, I go to bed past midnight, and I feel like I can't make it. (laughs) Cannot get through the following day. And with no drugs or anything, really, of the sort. (laughs) Maybe some some milk before bed. So, I don't know how they do (laughs) six hours. It's just wild, but... Uh, I have a new favorite podcast. Uh, It's it's actually a, a series of podcasts. But uh, Alex Jones being inter- interviewed by anybody else is okay. my new. I love I love Alex Jones getting interviewed by other people. I think a couple of years ago, my favorite was uh, podcast of the year was Alex Jones being interviewed by Joe Rogan in 2020. That was amazing. I thought you were going to say being interviewed on Future Quake. That was more. Than Alex that. Jones being in yeah. Alex Jones being interviewed on Future Quake. I love that one. And uh, more recently, Alex Jones being inter- interviewed by Patrick Bet David, which, by the way, we stumbled onto something last week. And we were talking about, I think it was a week or two ago, and we both kind of like the guy, and it's an okay podcast, but we talked about valuetainment, and you can't do both. But at the same time, he is doing both. He's doing ads, and he's getting pay- taking donations or whatever. Man, I don't. you mentioned that. You're like, you can't do both. And I'm like, well, he's kind of been doing both. I don't know if it's because I deleted all my antenna pod podcasts and had to resubscribe to stuff, but all of a sudden he's got like four or five ads in the beginning of his podcast. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> so I, I think you accidentally stumbled to like a Spotify. Like if they do the feed through Spotify, then there's Spotify ads on there. I don't know how that works exactly, but it was definitely not cut in. It was like an, it was, it was like on, AI cut this these ads in. I mean, it wasn't even like on Joe Rogan. You can one hundred percent tell it's about to get interesting, and then they cut. Like they know they cut to commercial right then. This was not this. This was in the middle of the intro. I was like, "What is happening?" 
Well, yeah, and then it's like, uh, it'll be local ads, too. Yeah, yeah, so they must have an ad deal. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Uh, podcasts they, are the well, way... They know where you're downloading from, and then they just... They have advertisers targeting that area. No, I I understand I understand that. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know how, like, the value team at podcasts agrees to that. Like, there's like, a, oh, that'll be this many ads, or... When do you put them in? Like, what what do you basically have to do to allow this rape of your podcast with these horrible ads? And like, like in the intro, could you imagine our amazing intro done by our amazing producer? And it just like cuts in and it's like, Simply Safe. I feel safe because of Simply Safe. You should get Simply Safe too. I have an apartment, but I don't even need anything. You could get Simply Safe for your apartment. Oh my gosh, it's the worst. All right. Anyway. We don't do that, but we have some clips. I listened to the ads, so you don't have to, and brought some clips. But Alex Jones being interviewed on anything is awesome. I'm a little bit concerned. Two of my pod, two of my clips are the exact same length, so we'll see how they go here. But uh, I, this is labeled as this. Let's hope it is this. But Alex Jones on Tucker Carlson, he knows why he was fired. Well, we're going to end the whole COVID thing and stop hyping that for now. And we're going to be all global warming and lockdowns. And All right. Well, that's not it. <laughs> Dang it. That was not the one I was going for. I think that's the demoralization in the media. Shoot. I'll have to go back and see what that uh, clip is. He explains to Tucker Carlson. And I'll, I'll, let me see if I can find it. I will play the demoralization in the media. Well, we're going to end the whole COVID thing and stop hyping that for now. And we're going to be all global warming and lockdowns and energy shortages and collapsing stuff. And, you know, you know, just the end of civilization, end of the world. And then like a light switch, they, you know, a few months later, all the media on the same day gets the new script and shift to that. Well, that's the dinosaur media. And the only power they have is getting us to kind of debate what they're saying and doing when at a certain point you realize it's just all crap. And that's happened. The average CNN show has like 80,000 viewers. Uh, the, the, the Fox has lost half their viewers. At least they're down from an average of 2 million viewers, to like a less than a million. They're all committing suicide. You see Anheuser Busch committing suicide. Uh, but then, uh, Modelo's smart. We want to celebrate sports heroes and icons and war veterans and families and heritage. And, and then, and then like, it's not just Hispanics going out and buying the beer. It's the white people. They go, yeah, we want to celebrate heritage too. I mean, we just, we, we, we want to crack a beer and think about, you know, our country and our mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and children, how we're good people and how we want to be successful. We want to hear about a boxer or a swimmer or a firefighter that saved kids. We don't want to see some clown hop around in a dress. And we're sick of the demoralization. So their attempt to demoralize us is not demoralizing us now. It's causing the great awakening. So, so you know, uh, when you're saying that, here's how I process it. So take somebody that's watching this and saying, I cannot believe these guys are hosting Alex Jones. This guy is the platform from everywhere, Twitter. Even Elon Musk doesn't have Alex Jones, which we'll, I want to ask you about that as well on why in a minute. But so, so, so th th there, there are the people that 100% agree with you. They're loving what you're saying. Like, oh, this is awesome. Great. Keep going it. And then there's a people in the middle like, yeah, kind of, you know, kind of makes sense. And the people on the one side that you're not going to win anyways. I just want to talk to the people in the middle. Forget about either side. I want to talk to the people in the middle. So if you're like me, as a Middle Eastern Alex, I'm naturally super skeptical. I'm a paranoid guy. I don't trust a lot of people. Okay. I'm kind of like, well, what's the guy's motive, et cetera, et cetera. But here's the part, Rob, we've shown this before. Here's public's trust in the U.S. government from 58 to today. 
It's the lowest it's been. Look at the numbers right there. I mean, I've, I think the lowest it hit was under Obama, if you look at it there. And then now, from there, kept going, kept going, kept going. It hasn't increased. Now, go to the public trust in mainstream media, which is even worse. We were all the way up at you know 75% in 1976, give or take. And it has gradually declined all the way down to 34%. The Great Awakening. We're all going to wake up. The demoralization of the media. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, people watching less ca- cable news definitely a good thing. And when you think about even a million people watching something in a country of 330 million, it's not a lot. Sure. Yeah. But average, average Joe Rogan podcast, well, out of the 330 million, you got how many kids? Got a lot of kids. Yeah. Got a lot of kids, 100, 130 million, getting, 150 million. They're getting programmed on TikTok and YouTube and what right. have you. But. but they say the average Joe Rogan episode is 11 million viewers. His bigger ones, I think his Peter McCullough episode was like 40 million. Nobody's watching the news, though. Nobody's watching CNN, which is good. But uh, now we're starting to see some stuff with RFK. And I forgot to mention this. I will mention this now. I have identified a canary in the coal mine for the U.S. political system. <laughs> Are you married to the canary? I am not married to that canary in the coal mine. I it is a it is a relative who I now live very close to. But in 2014, 2015, well, the election Donald Trump got in in t- the election in twenty sixteen. Is that right? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. So in Christmas of 2015, this person told me, and I had no idea because I was living in Seattle and I thought there's no way that Donald Trump was going to win the presidency. Like he, he was like, yeah, it's, it's going to happen. He can't be bought. He's going to, he's going to get in there. This is what's going to happen. turned out he could be bought for a million dollars by Pfizer. But anyway, uh, this person identified to me when I had no clue that it was even a possibility. I just thought this is weird to see Trump in the political sphere. They said, oh yeah, Donald Trump's going to win it. This same person has said to me recently, you know, I really like RFK Jr. Oh, interesting. Died in the wool conservative person. Predicting victory or or just like, I like RFK Jr. uh, I think predict, uh, predicting it's bigger than I thought. I think the, with the, with the Trump thing, I didn't notice until this person said this and they just run in different circles, very conservative circles. And then it kind of played out in a way that I wasn't surprised after remembering the conversation with that person. Now I'm thinking this same super conservative always votes Republican person likes RFK. Yeah. That is interesting. And this person, I don't know that he has ever even listened to a podcast. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And I need to ask him about that just to come back and make this scientific. But yeah. he, well, he I'm, is... I'm interested in what exposure they're getting to RFK if they're not listening to podcasts. Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question. I'll have to find that out. So, Because it it's usually the only mainstream is just like, crackpot, RFK Jr. 
Vax denier, vaccine denier, anti-vaxxer. Yeah, it's occasionally, you know, I'll run into a, a Democrat or two here in Oklahoma, my, my travels. And so they're, you know, making it very clear they're Democrats mm-hmm. in, in Edmond. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Oh, yeah. The, like, the oh. Uh, super liberal stronghold of Edmund, Washington. Yes, yes. <laughs> this, this was like, uh, um, it was when Biden had said he was going to run again. Okay. And they're like, oh, he's done some good, really good things, but I wish he wouldn't run. I wish he'd just let someone else do it. And so I just, you know, innocently put out there, I'm like, oh, what do you think of RFK Jr.? And uh, the husband's like, oh, it seems pretty good. Wife said, what are you talking? Oh, oh, no, it was reversed. Wife said, oh, he seems all right. I, I don't know a lot about him. And husband's like, what are you talking about? He's a crazy anti-vax. Like just spouting like word for word talking points, right? Wow. So that's usually if you're not getting alternative, you know, actual long form interviews of some sort which is almost always podcasts you are just getting the talking points of here's the negative words that you need to repeat about this person that's all you need to know oh wow. his family hates him his family disavowed him yeah. oh gosh yeah that's always good yeah. disavowed disavowed do you disavow I disavow <sighs> I even saw an article that made it seem like his wife was Cheryl Hines was Cheryl's then, not into everything he does, no, but she's definitely not disavowing. No, not absolutely <laughs> not. And he's talked about how she's like, Oh, like you do such important stuff and he tells her, you know Don't well, don't read my book. People, yeah, don't read my book, <laughs> mate. You know, making people laugh's important too and you you know, you might not laugh as much if you read my book. But, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a unique scenario. So and my take because I've seen some. Uh, we've talked about it on our show for years. You've got you now have to do propaganda through uh, alt media too. It, it, yeah, mainstream media does not dominate. You can't just put a story out in the New York Times and expect it to go from there, right? You have to run stuff. So there. There's attack stuff on RFK Jr. from the uh, Patriot perspective, like showing he said crazy things about you know global warming skeptics should be locked up and similar stuff like that. And the thing to remember, though, uh, and there's validity to that, and that that's a problem, right? But right. This guy has changed. We've talked about RFK Jr. from his I'm not anti-vax, but maybe we should get some of the mercury out of him. Right. I mean, he is a whole... There there is a long distance from that to... Yeah, Anthony Fauci is a sinister person. (laughs) Which he said on the Tom Woods podcast. Tom Woods asked him, Do you think Fauci is a sinister individual? And he kind of hemmed and hawed about it for a while, and then he's like, He's like, yeah, I do. You know, you look at what he's done and 
what have you, it's hard to say that's not sinister acting with, you know, malevolence towards people. So, so it's, you gotta be he, skeptical. He's, he's come a long ways, and I I threw some children's health defense, which is his deal. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always find good stuff from them. I've yep. got stories on on uh, PFAS in the water. I've got stories on uh, the COVID vaccines, how some people got highly dangerous shots, others got a placebo. God. If only we had thought of that <laughs> two years ago. Um, but there, it's a you know legit study saying that same thing now. Um, and I mean, they do the 5G stuff. They've got... They do really, really good work. And this is not what you get out of someone who is just in it for the politics or has not... is not genuinely trying to help. Right? Yeah. Like he, yep. Someone genuinely trying to help does not get on... Or someone who isn't genuinely trying to help does not get uh, interviewed by James Corbett. Like Corbett's, he doesn't do a lot of that type of interview, you know, like yeah. here, let's promote your book. He actually has to, to believe in what you're doing. And when you read that book, it's like, Oh yeah, I can a hundred percent see um, what it is. And that same children's health defense he's on with, um, I'm going to forget her name. But uh, she has them on like once a month on there. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, on the Children's Health Defense TV. So anyway, my take on RFK Jr., uh, I think he genuinely means well. Yeah. And because of that, he has 0.0000% chance of winning anything. You... But that doesn't mean I'm anti-RFK Jr. That's actually that's actually a compliment. Yeah. yeah. So the I'm not saying he can't get a majority of people to vote for him. I'm just <laughs> saying that has nothing to do with your chance to win an election or not. So so if they can uh, if they can give Biden 81 million votes. And yeah, make it dude. a um, deplatforming offense to question that. They can do it again. Yeah. Have you seen the, like, the, uh, it, like Twitter at all on a on like a Biden quote? Oh, okay. Like just like just the- when he tweet when he tweets something out, just the comments that happen. I mean, it is. Oh, I'm sure it's brutal. It- it's brutal. Blocked, so I don't. I you blocked him. I, I blocked him day one. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, I blocked the POTUS. Yeah, I'm like, I can't take it. Uh, there's a there's a great I think there's a great account that you and I both shared. We should we should revisit that account sometime. Not on the podcast on the air because uh, it recently started up again. Okay. But uh, it's uh, yeah it's uh, people talking about uh, Joe Biden. Just uh, yeah. just samples of people talking about Joe Biden and how much worse it is now than it was. So, anyway, uh, let's get to this. We got uh, if you are not a skeptic right now, you're an idiot. 
Uh, speaking of skeptics, <laughs> and I think I have to agree with with Alex on this one. And if you're not skeptical in this environment, you're an idiot. We have gotten in this situation because we've not been skeptical. And if you go to places like Russia or the Middle East or places that have had turmoil more recently, people are skeptical or they're dead. And so you either get skeptical and get your head in the game and learn how stuff works or you're dead. We, we've had it so good in this country. We're the best house in a bad neighborhood. We've had it so good in this country for at least 150 years, okay? And this place has been a wonderland compared to most other countries. And so people now have grown up off our grandparents and off their grandparents, the average American, and have no idea how good we've had it. And the fact that God is lowering the defense shield now because we have stopped you know, being good moral people and now tyranny's flooding in and we better find God and find skepticism and find rugged individualism and find the will to stand up and have courage or we'll lose everything. People always say, oh, you've got courage to fight them. I'm trying to get out of like walls closing in on my family and my country and the world. It's not courage to be trying to get out of this thing. I mean, you take the cheesy Star Wars analogy where they're in the trash compactor is going to kill them. Do they have courage trying to get out of there? No, they're fighting for their lives. If somebody tied bowling balls to my legs and threw me in the deep end and I'm fighting trying to claw my way up out of there, it's not courage. It's the opposite. It's self-preservation. So people better understand it's not courage. Okay, it's the courage to save yourself, which isn't courage at all, in my view. So, Alex, uh, it's obviously a pattern when it comes to people that are exposing the truth, the elites and everything. You, Julian Assange, Edward Snowden, Andrew Tate, RFK, people like even me personally. Is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Or like, is, are, are, is there a chance for us to win? Or are we fighting a losing battle because, Alex, they have set up the pieces to this game that we're playing in? Is there a light like with people like this that you have this passion? The truth is coming out. But is it all for nothing? There is a lot of tea in the tunnel. Uh, you know, they, they've gone and dug up those temples of Ramses II 3,000 plus years ago, uh, more than that, with, 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 with Moses. So what you see in the Ten Commandments, I mean, that was real people, real stuff went on. People can question the, the, so, you know, the, the, the biblical story if they want, but you know, uh, Moses existed, Ramses II existed, all that went on. You're saying, what's that have to do with what I asked? <laughs> the Israelites had to just stop doing what they were told, cause not. Everybody's seen that meme that shows like five burn matches and then one Small match, one. Yep. and it says uh, you know noncompliance or yeah, yeah. nonconformity, and then all the other matches aren't burned. You can stop the chain reaction. And so finally, after you know decades or whatever it was of the Jews saying we're done being your slaves, they said, okay, pack your stuff up and go. Okay, and the desert was rough and it was tough, and they went through a lot of hell. Then they built their own thing, and so. Look how you built your own thing. The establishment became corrupt. The mainstream media lied to us. It committed sepaku. It committed suicide. Now we're building a new system. <clears throat> the Amish 400 years ago were Protestants. They were being persecuted in Switzerland and Germany. So they packed up, sold everything, and moved here. And still today, they don't have autism. They don't have any of this stuff. They, they, they don't have suicide rates. They're living the dream because they don't hang out with big pharma. And, and so we don't have to do what the Amish have done, but we have to be in the world, but not of the world, to use the Christian allegory. Got it. And we have to build our own systems, build our own companies. And instead of a boycott, which is great against Anheuser-Busch or Target, we need a boycott. And when we start, and that's what ESGs are, is they've, they've analyzed all this. They know the boycott by populists, by Christians, by conservatives, by people who just want to be capitalist and live normal and be able to defend ourselves and, and create wealth. We can do anything we want. Humans are incredible. Instead of being ruled by these globalists that, that, that want us poor so they can dictate the terms of our surrender, we have to build the new renaissance. We have to build the great awakening. And it has to be a spiritual awakening in God, in Christ. And, and we have to call on God because they've got their God. Notice Target like literally put out shirts 
with an artist that, that, that says we, and yeah, believing in the devil. Yeah, we are Satanist, <laughs> and and we are going to recruit your kids and, and, a, and an adult a shirt with that. A shirt. The the, the designer was, it was sh- all devil worship Satan. Satan loves trans. Satan loves trans. S for Satan. Now they threw an S in there. Look, Pat. See that one, Rob? Where it says Target right there? Go right there. Top left, Target. And uh, that's the, that was the pin that they were selling. Target respects Satan respects pronouns. They were selling. There's no that way the, they were selling. That. I 100. percent They were selling. We sent crew in and got video of it. Anyway, the next few minutes is kind of hilarious. I I cracked up. They were trying to explain because Patrick bet David just like couldn't believe that Satanists had designed the the Target stuff. And then Alex is like, No, no, they did it. And he just keeps thinking like, No, Alex is just being <laughs> exaggerating. And and they're like. His even like his his co-host and buddy's like no, no no Pat like this happened like this is a thing he's like well bring it up show me show me on the screen show me I don't believe this anyway um I the Joe Rogan method that's a good way to do it it's funny you mentioned that I have a clip you were one of the first persons that pointed out the Joe Rogan method I hope this is it because I clipped this and it's about the same length as my other two clips so. This is uh, Alex Jones on Joe Rogan. Please be the right clip. Please. Who else would you put in that Well, category? I got mad at Joe. It is. It is the right clip. This is great. So your uh, theory has always been that Joe is much smarter than he lets on and that he just p- kind of plays dumb. I thought that I, I didn't I, I didn't think that that was uh, I didn't think that was true, Andrew. I didn't think that that was true. Uh, Alex Jones seems to uh to be right there with your theory. So this is, this is kind of a, an enlightening clip to me. Who else would you put in that? Well, I got mad at Joe Rogan five years ago, six years ago, because I've known Joe, uh, you know, since, since for 25 years, I mean, before he was doing fear factor, right, right. We started UFC, he'd done news radio and we've partied. I mean, we have, uh, we've like, you've seen the movie, uh, hangover. Yeah. yeah. We've actually done that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, you know, uh, I don't, it's like the most interesting man in the world. I don't often do drugs, but when I do, it's with Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So me and Joe have, uh, we have done some stuff. And, and so I love Joe. And I always knew there was something about him. People are like, why do you love that Joe Rogan? I was like, he's a smart. I, I told people 20 years ago, I said, that guy is super smart. Because he, let me tell you, that guy, he sits there and plays dumb and does all that stuff. And it's all calculated. And uh, he's a good guy. He knows all this stuff. We talk every day. To, I mean, uh, and, you know, they they get mad at him about that. We text constantly, you know, every day, and we send people articles and stuff. And he just and that's why I got mad at him when he was kind of going to liberals about six years ago and kind of playing games. They were kind of recruiting him, and and I was just like, Joe, knock it off, stop. You know about all this. And then he got more hardcore again. And he went the right direction. And then they did the lockdowns. And he said, screw these people. It's all true. I'm going after him. And now they've got Alex Jones that's that's more controlled uh, and, and more controlling himself, not controlled by them. They got Alex Jones 2.0. You got Tucker Carlson. They mess with him. Alex Jones 2.0. Joe Rogan, Alex Jones 2.0. I can just all I want is victory. And I can, I just, I mean, I'm actually proud of the fact that uh, I've been instrumental in waking up Joe Rogan. You know, he listened to my show a lot 20-something years ago. He called in on my show on 9-11. And said, it's irresponsible, Alex, that you're saying the U.S. government blew the buildings up. I saw them blow it up. I saw the local news say, we're going to blow up Building 7. It was on the news that day. But back then, stuff wasn't archived. So it wasn't until four years later, all the news put their archives online when, 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 when storage got better. 
and you can pull up Building 7. You know, uh, we, we're going to blow up Building 7, and we watch it come down. It's on the CBS News, ABC News, CNN. We're going to pull it. That's what Larry Silverstein said. Uh, uh, later on PBS, he said he blew it up. So so, so Joe you know, used to call me up and go, hey, man. I mean, he really he knew I meant what I was saying, but he just wouldn't believe how bad it was. And then about, I'd say by about 18 years ago, he was really awake, sort of studying it. And then he just couldn't, he didn't want to believe it anymore. And then he kind of got out of it about 10 years ago. He kind of did some shows debunking conspiracies, a TV show. That, he, that kind of turned into the dark side for a while. And then I started getting in his face about it, calling him up and stuff and saying, hey, man, you're, you're not, you're not stupid. You know, you know, you're, I'm, uh, I told him, I said, you're, you know, I'm really admire you. I know he's a great guy. I said, you're a punk. You're acting like a punk. And, and, and I said, if you keep doing it, I'm going to go in there and start attacking your ass. And then, uh, and then we kind of went back and forth and stuff. So I went crazy and I went too far and I apologize to Joe. But I mean, now I'm just so proud of him. Apparently he does know all the oh, conspiracies. Yeah. That's, well, uh, that's, that's a theory you've had for quite a long time. And, uh, I always thought, oh, I don't know. I think Joe just is open-minded about stuff, but, uh, Alex, Alex seems to think differently. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was listening to Alex Jones, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, like in that era. Yeah, and he would talk about Joe Rogan then, with the same, like his story hasn't changed on Joe Rogan. He so, would talk about Joe Rogan as as a good guy, or well, just that that they're friends, and this was this the same thing, like that. Okay, okay. that narrative of like Joe Rogan knows all this stuff that's what he was saying back then too so. interesting interesting he would also say that about uh i'm trying to remember what years this was but like brad pitt sure knows all this stuff like there's hollywood people that know all this stuff but for the most part they don't uh <laughs> you know they don't let on but yet joe wrote because long form interview stuff is probably the best education you can get. And we've talked about this with Alex Jones. Like he's sitting there all day reading stuff, talking to people that know stuff and learning and learning and learning. And he could, he used to, to a much greater extent than he does now. He used to be able to just like rattle stuff off from memory, like down to the minute details. Oh yeah. Now it's like a little more convoluted and, I know how that goes and my, my memory's not nearly as good as it was 20 years ago either, but uh, I told you, you sold a home in India, Oklahoma or sold a, yeah, a water funny. system in India, Oklahoma. Um, I've never been there. I told you 20, 20, the 2020 episode where he, where Rogan has him on and there's that not so funny comedian, Tim Dillon there too. And like, like Alex just starts spouting off and Dylan is like a fan of his. So he's like encouraging him and saying, yeah, yeah. And Rogan's like trying to keep the wheels on to make sure Spotify doesn't like come in and blow up the whole studio. And he, he, Rogan's like trying to fact check him. And Alex is like, no, Jamie look up. And he would just say like nine 11 Harley guy, 
control demolition and like just spit out these and like jamie would look it up and the, the stuff would just appear on the screen <laughs> and joe Rogan would just sit there with his mouth hanging open and tim Dillon was dying i was di- it was so much fun to list because it was middle of 2020 and there was nothing like that happening and here it was in a more mainstream audience and he's just like check it jamie search it it all comes up it's like it makes the frogs gay the the it's the bisphenol a and some of them even produce yeah atrazine and some of them even produce fertile eggs that was on rfk recently so anyway um but but see it's so smart for joe rogan because then the the only thing they can get him on is you had him on the show yep yep they don't have any clips of him saying oh you're totally right alex and yep. that's Alex would be he should learn a thing or two about Joe Rogan because if back in the Sandy Hook days, if he'd just been like, no, let's fact check that about Sandy Hook being a, a hoax and but then let the guy talk, you know, he wouldn't be worried with the, the billion dollar judgment. Well, he probably would be. They would have found something else. But um no, it's you it's know, just true. By, and, he he's a it's a different interview style, and it, he's like tries to see it from whoever's interviewing's point of view, and then he'll go along with it a lot, even you know whether or not he should. And Joe Rogan is just like the oh wow, like I, <laughs> I had no idea Alex Jones is going to talk about nine eleven being an inside job. It's like I've known him since, like you heard him in that clip. Right, he called he called him. On 9-11. Yeah. Like, so their, their friends so, went back before that. Like they, so translation, Rogan was listening to Alex Jones before you and I were listening to Alex yes. Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, there's, it's a really good interview. I highly recommend people go check it out. But in the interview, he actually, and I think they put this one on YouTube. I think they broke it up on different parts of YouTube. Just wanted maybe just to mitigate their losses to see how many of the different parts of the interview get taken down. But um, one of the uh, sections he talks about, he got in with Joe and then it led to him getting in with like Martin Sheen, like called him was like, Hey, come out here. I like with some of the stuff you're doing. And he ends up in a room with like Martin Sheen and then Charlie Sheen. And then he starts going out with Charlie Sheen and bringing him, and they start bringing him to like these parties in California and Hollywood and stuff. And he's like, all of a sudden, everything's going well. And I don't want to plagiarize or not plagiarize this, but just, you know, mess up this whole story. But he starts hanging out with like Brad Pitt and all kinds of actors and is like, this is awesome. And then they come to him and they're like, hey, you're, you know, you're great. Let's, you got to do this deal. You know, all you got to do is just take a pledge of Lucifer. And he's like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, and, he, and he, they were like, no, you could keep doing your show and Infowars and all that. That's all great, but you just gotta, gotta do a pledge to Lucifer. And he's like, I'm not doing it. And slowly, kind of had to remove himself from Hollywood because that was kind of the end point of all of his relationships. Like, well, you know, you could just take a pledge to Lucifer, right? And just, just, yeah, no, but, no, just it, it's not a big deal. Just no, it's not a big deal. Just keep do. You can keep doing your show and just keep everything the same. But just you know, say this little pledge or whatever. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. And his theory is, and this is you know totally an Alex Jones theory. He even says it's a theory. He thinks somewhere after the Spotify money, they 
somebody brought the same money. Somebody brought the same deal to Joe Rogan. And he thinks that he, you know, he got ticked off and, you know, d- denied it. And now he's just like, let's bring everybody on. Bring them all on. <laughs> just, yeah. let's just, let's just, let's go. Let's bring RFK. Let's go McCullough. Let's bring it, bring everybody on. Let's do this. Like, that's his, that's his theory. And if you look at it, it kind of, it kind of makes sense. He's like, I think they offered him the deal and he didn't take it. I think they offered him the deal and he didn't take it. And now he's just sitting there like, oh, whoa, this is, you know, that's, it's, a, you're like, it's, it's smart. It's smart. You're like the, the Keanu Reeves of uh, podcasts. Oh man, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. Instead of trying to prove how much, you know, and how much you agree with the interviewer, just be like, whoa, that's cool. Like what? I never even heard that. That doesn't make sense. What? But Are now you sure. Let's fact check that. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie pull up. Uh, yeah. The Jamie. And he did that with uh, RFK on the Wi-Fi stuff. I, and I have what? that clip. Building seven didn't fall. Free falls. <laughs> Let's show the video. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of Hollywood, uh, found a clip here from uh, Dana Carvey and David Spade. Now, Dana Carvey and David Spade, uh, not really known as uh, big political anti-vaxxers or anti-establishment. Both of them, I think, kind of pro-vaccine when that whole thing came out. But here's Dana Carvey and uh, David Spade having a little chat about uh, Fauci. I miss COVID. <laughs> I know. Dude, you know what I knew? There was trouble <laughs> when anyone that came to our country didn't have to get a vaccine. And I go, mm-hmm. if you're telling me I can't go to work, but everyone, everyone coming in doesn't have to get one, I go, well, once we found out when Fauci said, okay, I'm sorry, but if you've had two boosters and two vaccines, you can get and give COVID to another guy who's had five vaccines and four boosters. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between a vaccine and a booster? I don't know. It's just more vaccine, but booster sounds better. Anyway, a guy with 25 vaccines would get and give COVID to another guy with 25 <laughs> vaccines. That's why I'm introducing the daily COVID shot. Every day you get a shot. <laughs> By the time you get to your car, you got no immunity. But it's a beautiful 39 seconds. <laughs> Good. Very cool. Great job, Dana Carvey. Great job, David Spade. Uh, like three years too late. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like knew David Spade. I, I don't know. I feel like David Spade at least might have been on. Well... I don't know. Maybe they maybe they both were into. I have no idea. Uh, I I retract my previous statements. Uh, they. Look, you gonna look it up? Well, who's? <laughs> uh, is it Rob something? Who's that's in the, all the dumb movies with? Oh, Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Rob, Schneider. Rob Rob Schneider goes in the the. Uh, Andrew and Tim's Hall of Fame of people that we never thought in a million years would be in Andrew and Tim's Hall of Fame. You know, yeah. Rob Schneider, uh, Kyrie Irving, Aaron Rodgers, that whole Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider's definitely in there. Yeah. You know who? Well, and who, another. Uh, so, okay. Here's you know another who, Hollywood story. Okay. What? Well, I got a Hollywood story, too. But, okay. So, what do you, have what you, you seen? Got? So, you. You brought up the Sound of Freedom thing, and you said mm-hmm. Mel Gibson's oh, yeah. involved, and I said, "Sure, are yep. you sure, Tim? Because <laughs> you know, they're making a movie about child trafficking." Okay, <laughs> and uh, I just knew it would. 
<laughs> I wanted to talk it out with you because I know that this is like your it's kind of your beat to be like, eh, I don't know, Tim. I don't know if uh, every well, person is... that is that dies in a suicide was going to invent in, investigate child trafficking. Right. Yeah. And but this was, you know, this was neither Jim Caviezel or Mel Gibson uh, has recently died by suicide. So there's it's a, a little different thing. And in the words of Alex Jones, it's real. <laughs> so, I've got a got a clip for you. Uh, let's see. It is just the. Uh, it's mainly in. It's a Mel Gibson clip at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then um, goes into Jim Caviezel getting interviewed in, or at least remotely by a guy in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's about their movie. Pre- premiere so awesome i might have to play mine first because mine is hollywood on covid and it won't make sense to play it after this because you're gonna go into hollywood you're gonna go to hollywood on child trafficking right is that we're not deep but no that's fine go ahead and play yours first so that's fine i didn't uh this is a great hero of all freedom lovers everywhere uh ice cube I tell people that I wasn't vaccinated. I didn't tell people not to go get vaccinated. I didn't tell people that I'm not doing this movie because I don't want to be vaccinated. Uh, but somehow, some way, the news hit the, you know, I don't know if Hollywood Reporter or somebody put it out that this is why Cube is not doing the movie. And I thought it was chicken shit. thought it was, you know, um, it's like what happened to the HIPAA laws, you know, or, or OSHA, one of them, <laughs> I forgot, I think it's HIPAA, you know, where you're not supposed to, to reveal a person's medical status. And here it is, they print in mine. Um, and so I just thought it was bullshit and, um, and it just kind of snowballed, you know. I'm like, what they want is for people to tell me I'm stupid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They exactly. want people to tell me you turning nine, you turning down nine million dollars. You stupid. You know I'll do anything for nine million dollars. How stupid can Cube be? Um, and I don't care about that. You know, it's like I didn't lose nine million dollars because I never had it. Like if you never have some, you you can't lose it. Okay, you lose it when it's in your bank account. Then you look up and it's gone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if you never had it, I didn't lose it. It just was never given to me. And so, you know, they, they tried to, you know, put my business in the street, put pressure on me, everybody around me telling me how stupid I am so I can go get vaxxed and say, you know, please let me do the movie. You know, that was never going to happen. I don't care if it was $20 million. Um, That was never going to happen. And if you got injured from that vaccine, you would have paid that twenty million to be healthy again. Damn right. Damn right. Of course, that uh, mumbling guy at the end there, after Ice Cube gets done talking, is Joe, Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, that was Ice Cube on Joe Rogan. And uh, yeah, I will clean that clip up, uh, obviously, so the 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 people will never hear what you and I just heard or some of that. But. Uh, not not everybody out there is as strong as Ice Cube. That's yeah. what I learned. 
right? No, like Ice Ice Cube. Ice Cube turns out to be a rare individual, and I th- I think I always knew he was, but just the whole like I'm not gonna do it because you're gonna get everybody to call me stupid, and then convince me to do it because I'm all these people are telling me I'm stupid not to do it because you know I'm gonna get twenty million dollars. That doesn't change his mind. And I think that we could learn something. I think Americans can learn something from that. You know, I think that that is also, you know, we'll put, you know, asterisks by his name, but we'll put Ice Cube in our little Hall of Fame there. I mean, it's like, dude, just stand up, stand up for yourself. No, Ice Cube's done some, had some good things to say in the past too, but uh, yeah, it's. That's good. I mean, considering they thought you were so dumb, you'd do it for a free hamburger. Yeah. Donut. Yeah, we were getting hamburgers and donuts and joints. We weren't getting $20 million. And and Ice Cube's getting $20 million or $9 million or whatever, and he's not going to take it. And I I just thought, I don't know. It's just good for him. I'm glad he exists. I'm glad there's people out there like that. I saw a meme. It's also, you know, it's the confidence to be like, yeah, I'm worth the nine million. Yeah, you should you should pay it to me, and let me be in the movie, whether I take the vaccine or not. And yeah. it, his point was like, I, he was not being an advocate. He wasn't a crazy anti-vaxxer. He's just for him, he wasn't going to take it. And then the, yeah. the story got leaked, and he he had to now be public about it because it was a public deal. But uh, what's his name? Uh, that didn't want to take it and took it and may or may not be okay now. Probably wish he'd taken the ice cube route. Absolutely. Absolutely. What is it? Yeah. Jamie Jamie Foxx? Oh, the... did no did Jamie Foxx take it and then didn't want to? Now he's having some side effects. Uh Jamie something. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Jamie Foxx is an actor slash singer. African, African, okay, yeah, he took it, huh? Yeah, but the one, those, the one that's having uh, debatably serious health issues right now. Shoot, I don't know who that is, man. I should look that up. Like went blind and yeah. Oh no. One eye. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I saw a meme. We'll get right back to your sound of freedom uh, clip here in a second. But I saw a meme that said, don't tell me you were forced to take the jab. You were forced to stand up for yourself and you chose not to. That's that's true. But I'll say even I have even more respect for uh, someone like the pilot who listens to our show. Yeah, sure. It wasn't $9 million, but it was... 20 years of the, work. The, His life's yeah, work. The, his career that he was willing to give up in order to stand up and he's not in a, you know, these are the people who weren't wealthy to just say no to whatever amount of money. It's like, sure. No, this is sure. going to be a sacrifice for yeah. family. And That's I, true. That's true. And That's true. I might have to go take a lousy job when I'm trained for this other th- high paying job, you know, I'll have to go do, do something else to provide for my family. Yeah. That's, uh, I think, even more worthy of I respect. Agree. But pilot giving up his career that he built over twenty something years that he's used to feed his family over all of that time right. is a bigger deal than Ice Cube not taking nine million. 
just basically based on the the woman putting the offering into the to the offering plate in front of Jesus. The woman who gave the two shekels gave more because that was all she had. But uh, not saying that that's all the pilot had, but just compared to what Ice Cube has, that's a right. that's a more heroic stance. Yeah. And it's <clears throat> a stance, you know, a lot of people did and a lot of people are wishing they had done now. So, but to be fair, I've never heard, I've never heard anyone say after the fact like oh the unback shouldn't get their jobs back now <laughs> you know it's more like a kind of a tacit understanding of like man i wish i hadn't taken it and i definitely haven't heard anyone say man wish i'd taken that covid back <laughs> <laughs> no and that yeah I wish we could have just reveled in being right, but we never got, you know, we never even had an opportunity to, maybe because we're kind, caring individuals, but it, we never got a chance to revel in being right. It's It was just like, I didn't want to be right. I was, you know, I hope, I, I'm not taking it, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's great. I hope everything goes okay. I don't want to be right. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully <laughs> we're not right about where the whole transgender things going and what the real motivation of the all of it it's all eugenics it's all transhumanism you can live forever sterilize people and sell them on a, a false reality did you happen to see that clip floating around twitter where the guy's like oh yeah the elites actually like uh age like are able to rewind their age and they just put their consciousness into a, either a drone or a, or not a drone, a clone. Hmm. And then they hide them. And it's like, no dude, that's what they tell the elites is happening. That's what they <laughs> tell their underlings is happening. None of that stuff's real. No death will come for you. Absolutely. There is no, this, this false salvation, this false eternal life. No. See, previous episode, or two episodes ago, you shall surely die. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, whenever you, you hear that stuff, I mean... shall surely die. These, this stuff was around, I mean, it was around before, uh, but I know for a fact, I remember reading books... Um, when I was in the lab, as a guinea pig for big. Time, oh wow! This this point. This is uh, two thousand low, low point in our show. <laughs> yeah, two thousand fourish. Really, really low on donations at this point, ladies and gentlemen, because Andrew decided <laughs> to turn himself into a guinea pig. <laughs> that was, no, this was uh, back in two thousand four. So. Uh, so low on donations. I get it. Yeah, we were not doing the show then. Yeah. It's pre- precedes the show a, by precedes the show by seven years. I was a, also, a reader, but not uh, not awake. You were not awake. I no. I was in the military, probably uh, drunk. But go ahead. So they had this book with a character that's basically what Bill Gates is trying to be, mm-hmm. like super rich guy who put, puts together this foundation, but in instead of trying to be a cheapo charity pays everyone really well and because of that they're super effective and they're getting all this stuff done and he's into 
uh, this cryogenic stuff where they freeze your head and then just a few years later boom they'll have the technology to bring you back and regenerate your body and it's, it's you know why wouldn't you do it why wouldn't you want your head frozen in a vault to bring back once technology gets there you know what other chance do you have so they've been pushing this idea for decades and decades and as we talked about a couple weeks ago this goes back to the garden of eden you shall not surely die it's the original lie just different iterations of it uh okay we've got computers now okay that's a computer thing where you can merge with ai and your consciousness will be uploaded and your your you know mental self will live forever and nope there you will live forever but uh you you're not gonna like where where that forever is amen to that sound of freedom doesn't matter how rich you are or yes how much uh, adrenochrome you take you're you're gonna die yeah yes that is true speaking of adrenochrome here is the sound of freedom a true story of a federal agent turned it's cut off what does the rest say Oh, it's a turned child protector. All right. One of the most disturbing problems in our world today is human... I read this verse. My apology. Had a little bit of a hiccup there. And this is the clip that starts off with Mel Gibson. Starts off with Mel Gibson. The first voice you hear is Mel Gibson. Then it's a guy uh, interviewing uh, Jim Caviezel in front of a live studio audience that has just seen the movie. One of the most disturbing problems in our world today is human trafficking, and particularly the trafficking of children. Our future is our children. Now, the first step in eradicating this crime is awareness. Goes the sound of freedom. Uh, Obviously, you understand the content of this. Once the world sees this film, and once they see the ships that they transport the children in and all of this stuff. Um, well, there's, there's no other film like this. Our industry can't make this film um, right now because of a lot of people that are involved in it all over the world that are in this. Um, and many of these people are very famous. I, I kind of started there with Tim. And uh, when he started to show me uh, all of the hell that they have to look at, um, you know, it's when I bring this up to people, they I'm not for trafficking of children. I want to stop it. And uh, Tim would always tell me, you know, when you're playing this, just remember that because this hell that you have to look at most of the guys I bring in and they've seen the worst stuff that you've ever seen. It's just what they do to children. Children are nothing more than it, like a cow. It's already passed the drug trade, okay? This is like, if you were to watch Schindler's List, you would say, boy, that was terrible. I wish I was around that. Maybe I could have done something. You can do something now, and we can end this. When your child is taken, you're never going to see that kid again. 
And at that point, you probably wished you would have done something. We're at that point right now. And if we let our little ones continue to be slaughtered, boy, there's going to be a judgment on this world, and especially our country. Thank you. Now, Jim, uh, Tim, you're playing, you're playing the, the role of Tim Ballard. And uh, uh, Tim is actually continuing to save kids. I mean, this is, you're making a movie about it, but this is what he does. And he... Um, he, he, exactly. he was supposed to be in the room with me in... Uh, in right here or in Tulsa, but he's down there saving children as we speak because they're pulling kids out of the darkest recesses of hell right now in dumbs and all kinds of places. Uh, the adrenochroming of children, the, I mean, look, we're, where we're at right now, uh, hopefully we need your prayers. This film is, when, when Tim Ballard came down to Bogota and we had about finished two thirds of it, I said, why did you pick me? And he said, well, they actually, they didn't want you. They wanted someone else. But um, uh, I said, well, I got to tell you, uh, I did this movie, Monte Cristo and The Passion. And about two thirds of the way through, I knew we were onto something that was phenomenal. And I said, I fill that with this film. And he goes, well, actually, it was those two films that I saw. That's why I had to have you in this, in my film. So, um, Sorry. No, Jim, you, you, said, you said a word a minute ago, and I, I want to clarify what that word was, because you said a word, and yeah. I want to make sure that you said adrenochrome. Yeah. And a lot of people here, there's about 4,500 people here. There's yeah. uh, about a half million people streaming online. We're having some cyber attacks. That feed's been going on and off. It's, it's a, but you said that word. And by yep. a show of hands, who's heard that word before in this building? Could you please explain to the extent that you want to or not want to what that is? Because some people have never heard that before, and we need to discuss that. Uh, essentially, you have adrenaline in your body. I'll just simplify it. And, and when you are scared, you produce adrenaline. Uh, if you're an athlete, you get in the fourth quarter, you have adrenaline that comes out of you. If a child knows he's going to die, uh, his body will uh, secrete this uh, adrenaline. Um, and they have a lot of terms that they use that he takes me through. But um, it's the worst horror I've ever seen is screaming alone, even if I never, ever, ever, ever saw it. Uh, it it's, it's beyond and these people that do it. Um, There'll be no mercy for them. And the, when I, at that point where I have tears coming out of my eyes because uh, my heart is so on fire, I'm fearless. You're fearless. You're the best that you will ever be when God is in your heart like that. And when it's burning, you're fearless and you don't, you don't, you're, no, uh, you're not afraid of the devil. You actually hunt him. And any of them that hurt our little children in the film, uh, there's a line in there where he says, um, why are you doing this? And I say to him, as Tim said, because God's children are not for sale. They're not for sale. You can't do it anymore, Satan. And we're coming after you. And I'm not afraid. And I'd ask you all not to be afraid either, because they're worth saving. They're giving you a standing ovation right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma.
you been doing this 12 years how do you do it tim you can stop okay wild tulsa yeah that's part part of the reason i threw it in there i wanted to i wasn't sure if we get to it or not but uh jim caviezel mel gibson you know just, i i i get it we can there's things to theologically pick apart, which makes sense because Mel Gibson is Catholic. Uh, if you're talking about the passion and what have you, but uh, but I I don't know. He, Jim Caviezel is either really good. Uh, he gets he's either a better actor than he gets credit for, or he's genuine in this case. So that sounds genuine. That's yeah, it sounds genuine to me too. So. And it, if you're not a monster, yeah, for sure, you should be anti-child torture, anti-child trafficking. It it doesn't take like a high level of morality <laughs> to be on this side of the fence on this issue, right? It's, yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, I never heard it put like that. It was kind of. Uh, edifying to me in a way, just that you're you're on fire like god's on fire when you're mad like that and i've definitely been mad like that i've definitely dug too far into this stuff and came across a clip that i clicked on that i couldn't click off of soon enough or just didn't for some reason or another and just like you know the idea or just even people explaining what is done can be just some of the darkest things that you could possibly imagine it's just, it's extremely dark, but I've definitely had like tears in my eyes and been like mad. And it's interesting to take the way he put that, that that was like, that was the fire of God in you. Like you'll never be closer to that and not, and like completely fearless. And it was like, yeah, I was definitely not mad. I was just like, like ready to, to, to snap into action. And like he said in that clip, man, there will be no mercy. And kind of like you've said numerous times, the older you get, the more you're, into hellfire judgment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, well, and it's, you know, like to tie it back to what we talked about earlier, you got to make sure you're aligned yourself and, and myself and what have you with, with God and not just nominally. It's not, no, one time. yeah. One-time deal. Yeah, if you're listening to this show and you're not a Christian, I highly do not recommend you searching the depths of the internet with the word adrenochrome and taking it where it may lead you. Yeah. That's not a great idea because uh, that's real stuff and that's real demonic and that's real the enemy and that stuff will burn in your brain. If you are not spiritually healthy, grounded in the, in the word, I would not recommend going down those rabbit holes yeah well and the, the thing is and then it it's so sick that they use that stuff as part of the q psyop it is yeah 
You know what I mean? So you, yeah. you take people who you're like, hey, this child trafficking thing's real and the child torture's real and the dreamy crumbs real. And but don't worry. Don't worry. But opposite message of Jim Caviezel, by the way. Uh don't worry, you don't have to do anything. Donald Trump's gonna fix it all. Trump's gonna fix it. Trust the process. You just don't know. It, it, Bad guys are already in Gitmo. They've all—they're already dead. It's just clones walking around. It's a—I uh, mean, it's crazy that it's a bigger. Let's see, it's a bigger business than weapons, the illegal yeah. arms trade. Yeah. And about to surpass the drug trade. Yeah. That's just. Ugh. So and tied in, we've talked about it years and years and years. It's tied in with uh, the eugenics CPS stuff. So that's how they mm. get the kids away. You know, they've used yeah. all sorts of excuses in the past, including like, "Oh, d- d- positive drug test for the mother. We got to snatch the kid away, sell him into child labor. I'm sure that's better for better for the kid." Um. To all sorts of excuses, they're trying to use not wanting to give the COVID vaccine as an excuse to take your kid away. Yeah. So, or not willing to take the COVID vaccine as an excuse to take your kid away. It's always been it's always been my feeling that the the yeah, that's definitely what's happened. That is definitely happening, but that uh, I think is happening less and less, and that's why we got to create havoc in uh, other countries to stir up the unrest and then get the kids out that way. You know, like when uh, the head of the, the Amber alert or whatever got caught with uh, 11 or 12 Haitian kids happened to work for Hillary Clinton. And she was you know, trying to kidnap them out of Hades directly after an earthquake, you know, or in the beginning of some of the stuff they're talking about, the sound of freedom, uh, that that documentary they talk about just uh, going in and reaping the harvest of kids that are going to be, you know, separated from their families uh, with the Ukraine and Russia with the Ukraine Russia war. Yeah, so it, that's that, honestly it, it makes so much sense with yeah it does Joe Biden yeah uh, creepy Joe yeah and Ukraine is like prized the Ukraine Russia children are like super prized because they're light skinned mm-hmm. and it's yeah it's, it's sick absolutely sick if yeah. only there was a part in the bible that where they talked about this oh that's right there was that's oh, why wow. they kept they kept taking people to, uh, god kept telling the prophets to stop going to the high places what were they talking about there, Andrew? What was in those high places? Do you have any ideas? A whole lot of child sacrifice and sexual immorality going on, which kind of sounds like now. Amen to that. So Mark Driscoll was saying, oh, gosh, I just quote Mark Driscoll on the podcast. <laughs> what have you done to us? I guess I can blame Will. <laughs> yeah, if he, you know. If Will, it's Will's fault. Yeah. You heard Mark Driscoll on the, the podcast. So, I mean, the man fired Dustin Kensrue. <laughs> Did he fire him? 
He fired him. Because <laughs> Kenzeru was one of the nine pastors that signed a letter saying, like, look, you're you're too abusive to your your staff. Like you need to basically repent and do better or resign. And so the response was just to get rid of all them. So <laughs> yeah. included Mr. Kendrew lead singer of Thrice. And if you listen to the music at the end of our show, you'll know I'm a big Thrice fan. So Yeah. Well it's not it's not Thrice anymore. I mean occasionally it is, but mainly right. just mainly ends with the Popnik Poptigma's Berserk. But it it has been thrice in the past. Oh, you know, it is. It, I, I'll see if I can throw it in there. I don't know if I have the thrice one around somewhere. But anyway, uh, I have a couple more clips. We should probably thank some people. We got to go to bed. It's already midnight. T minus six hours. hours so you got to get up. Until my alarm, yep. yep. You got to get up at five? Uh, I set it for 515. Oh, wow. All right. Well, I can bust through the uh, donations real quick. If you donate in the first few days of July, it will not be credited to this show. It'll be credited to the next one. My apologies. Just uh, I, I can log. Nah, I don't want to. I can't. I can't log in. We're just going to roll with this. We're going to roll with what we got here. This is all the donations through the end of June. Today is currently, man, it's the 6th. So I bet there is some. Let me try to log in. Why don't you hit the list? I'll log in. Okay. Uh, first on the list, surprising no one, Danny <laughs> with $25 from Medford, Oregon. Thank you very much, Danny. Sorry for not doing the show last week. And uh, next on the list, a PayPal donation. All right. A PayPal donation. Only one on this list. Uh, Suzanne, $25 from Parts Unknown. And a very familiar <laughs> name, though. Thank you, Suzanne. And then two in a row from Caleb, different amounts, so I believe it was intentional. Uh, Caleb sent us $25 and $5, and that's the Caleb from uh, Batavia, Ohio. And then... Hold on, hold on. No, no, no. He sent two because I think he wanted to send two notes. So you better, better better get the notes. They're on there. Oh, they're on there to the um, yes, sir. The right scroll, right. I thought you were going to read it. No, I will read. I'm the notes. Trying to find it oh, here. Oh yes, all right. <laughs> uh, the one who builds his first. We've got a, a Bible verse here. The one who builds his upper chambers in the heavens and has founded his vaulted dome over the earth. The one who calls for. The waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth. Yahweh is his name. That's Amos 9.6. And next one. Admiral Bird is not my hero. Just, I believe that was a... You casually referred to Admiral Bird as the hero of the Flat Earthers. I did. I actually found out that I was wrong, by the way. Now, I mean, obviously Caleb tipped me off, but I was thinking of a different sea captain who claimed to try to sail around Antarctica and was unable oh, yeah. to. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't Admiral it wasn't Bird. That went 
the ships were rotting and they went like 30,000 miles. And yeah. Yes. So, yes. Uh, Admiral Byrd is not my hero. Anyone given a mainstream platform to expose, insert the psyop of the week, i.e. aliens, is always unequivocally suspect. Also, biblical cosmology over flat earth. Amen to that. That moniker is preferred because it holds much more weight. <laughs> also, <laughs> what does it say? What is that? I, I feel like it was supposed to be a... Smiley face. Also, I, I love you, Tim. Oh, I love you, Tim. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And next we have fellow podcast, who I would say, I don't know. I don't want to be, I don't, I can't give him credit for being more regular than our podcast because I feel like we put out more episodes. So, Subtle Came Podcast. Uh, sent us a $25 donation. Thank you very much, sir. And I actually have your... Uh, well, let me read his note first. He says, thanks for putting in the work you do. Here's some value for value, brothers. God bless. Thank you very much. And I believe I mentioned it previously, but he did a series on Jockey Lewell's book which is very difficult to tackle in a podcast and he did it well uh called synchronicity so synchronicity it's got three parts uh, talking about uh jockey lewell's book propaganda so people should check that out and let me get back to the list here risky robert I shouldn't have read his first and last name. Well, seven dollars <laughs> uh, from Parts Unknown. Thank you very much, Risky. And Robin sent us thirteen dollars, also from Parts Unknown, and also via Gifts and Go. They're all Gifts and Goes, except for Suzanne. And Rick sent us ten dollars. Thank you very much, Rick. So that's the end of what I have here. Did have there been any July donations? Of course there have. We have people who do their sustaining donations, which are very, very much appreciated, but they do kind of a regular donation and that tends to come through at the uh, beginning of the month. So uh, starting with Bill, long, long, long time supporter of the show, Bill from Sandpoint. Uh, looks like he sent us one hundred dollars, so thank you, Bill. Oh, thank you, Bill. And then our friend Caroline, there from out Los Angeles way, sent us uh, five dollars. So we thank you to Caroline. Yes. Um, and then uh, the Garden City Ranchers, Chris and Karen, have sent us five dollars. Excuse me, fifty dollars. So thank you, Chris and Karen, for the fifty dollar yes. donation. Yes. That's become a monthly donation for them. Very sweet of them. And then anonymous donation of $5 rounds out our, our uh, give, send, go donations. Let me check on the PayPal's here. So if you're new to this podcast, just start listening. Uh, we are obviously, we've made fun of ads several times in this show. We don't have ads. That's kind of how this whole deal works. Ads. Even for the state of Missouri. So you won't hear the uh, 
you'll just hear the Garden City Ranchers from Missouri. Their donation gets read, but you won't hear a commercial saying, I'm Missouri, but people can call me Mo. Come visit today. <laughs> the last Missouri ad I heard. A little bit too much radio in the in the car these days, Andrew. A little bit too much radio in the no, car. That was not that was not radio, that was on a podcast. Oh, that's right. Local podcasts. Yes, yes. There you go. Uh, also, I did figure out the other day why I called the Garden City Ranchers from Garden City, Kansas, because Garden City, Missouri is a nice little town. Uh, but Garden City, Kansas is also a very small town, but is far away. And I've been to it. I drove through it on our way, driving from the northwest to here. And uh, yeah, it does exist. So there is a Garden City, Missouri and a Garden City, Kansas. So I have made a mistake. Also, we should give credit to our good friend, Luke. I feel like Luke is one of our longest donors, at least our longest recurring donor of his $5 a month from Nevada, Iowa. And Luke doesn't get enough credit because I feel like I sometimes forget to put, it's so like regular and consistent. It I, I cash it or even I stack them up like one and then wait until another month goes by and I get another and I cash it both at the same time and ch- tell her, T- tell her short on credits. He's been short on credits. Yeah. A little bit short on credits. So I apologize, Luke, you, you uh, should get more credits. I apologize. Uh, all right. On the fast, or excuse me, on the uh, PayPal, we have Robert who has donated $5 on July 1st. So thank you, Robert. That is a recurring donation. Kyle, who is another one of three Kyle donors. We have we're collecting a lot of Kyle's here, but Kyle nice. uh, with $10. Yeah. Kyle with $10 has donated on uh, July 3rd. And then our good friend Autumn from there in uh, Snoqualmie, Washington has donated $5 as well. And that's it. I believe that ends it. That is the, uh, the amount of support that we have had well, for these last two weeks. Much appreciated. Yep. Yep. And, uh, we uh, we're happy to do a show and uh, to bring value to you for you guys sending value to us. So we will try and, and continue to do shows and uh, we'll be, you know, hopefully we'll do it again. Same time next week. Indeed. Are, are you rapping or did you? Uh, you uh, I got, I got lots of clips. Here is a clip from, uh, I can never remember this guy's name. Maj, Majadid Majid. He was also on Patrick Bate David. I have heard him on many, many different podcasts, though, and I've played clips from him. Really, really bright guy. Uh, I think his interview, I don't know if it was Rogan or one of his one of his interviews where I heard him uh, talk about his early days as uh, he grew up in England, but he was uh, his parents were uh, immigrants to England and he was kind of picked on. And I guess there was like a Sunni Shiite disagreement in his area. So not only was he kind of frowned upon by the local English there as he was growing up, but also was, you know, had to be on the lookout to not get into a war with other, you know, Muslims his age and uh, kind of grows up becoming a bit of a radical, but has a really unique perspective on being able to recognize tyranny as it comes down the pike. Very, very interesting guy. Uh, but uh, he's had a few viral clips on. The good old CBDCs.
We've got a central bank digital currency that is programmable, which we also know. There's an article in The Telegraph, um, Rob, which you may want to bring up, but um, it, it might be behind a paywall, though. But uh, the, the Bank of England has told us that these central bank digital currencies will be programmable. Um, you might want to look up the word Bank of England, CBDC, or uh, digital currencies programmable, and, and the Telegraph article with the word Telegraph in there, and it should come up as well. That Bank of it, there you go. In that article there, programming, you see it? Bank of England tells ministers to intervene on digital currency programming. Wow. Digital cash could be programmed to ensure it is only spent on essentials or goods which an employer or government deems to be sensible. <laughs> you right? can't, like, you, this is from 21, 2021. It'll, it'll block you from eating or doing something that they don't want, that, that yeah. they deem wrong. Yeah. So, so in answer to your question, I do think, so this is how it's going to get harder, right? Tom Martin, a director at the Bank of England, yeah. said during a conference on Monday that programming could become a key feature of any central bank digital currency in which the money would be programmed to be released only when something happened. Yeah. Restrict, yeah. So, so you've had, you've had, I had a steak for dinner last night, right? You know, we, we in the UK, I, I recommend South Asian food. But if you want a steak, you have to come to America. Yeah. Right? So, so Brick Lane. A, yeah. yeah, yeah. Who's been? You've been I've there? I've been to Brick. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I'd probably give you some recommendations that are off the beaten path a bit more for proper good okay. desi food. But that's a topic yeah. we can conversation you can have off food I've had Brick Lane. But, um, I had but have steak. you had too much steak this week there, Majid? That's my point. That's it. You can't have another that's one. It. They can program it. You've, you've met your quota and this whole carbon bull right? That eating this piece of steak is bad for the environment. So sorry, but you can literally can't purchase that anymore because the CBDC is programmed. It recognized that yesterday Majid had one. So tonight, maybe I want another steak. Can't buy one, you know? So that's how I think it's going to get worse. But in answer to your question, back to the, I do think there's hope. Um, that is how it will get worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I saw a tweet or some social media post today that said it takes a really gullible person to believe that a healthy cow is worse for the environment than a sick person. <laughs> I have to agree with that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the, Oh, it was, uh, I should credit who it was. Uh, one of the carnivore, uh, heart doctors. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's true, man. I mean, sick people are terrible. That's why we got pharmaceutical drugs in our tap water is because people are taking a lot of pharmaceutical drugs. Glyphosate in our manatees and pharmaceutical drugs in our tap water. Yeah. I've got to send you the video. I um, There was a plane out crop dusting out in the fields. Okay. Flew right over my car. So I got a little little video of it. Obviously, it doesn't work for the podcast, but... Video of uh, you personally getting sprayed with glyphosate? Yes. Flying, like, uh, probably 20 feet over my car. He oh, yeah. He pulled up before he got to the car. <laughs> Were you stopped? Yeah, because he, he buzzed right in front of me, and then I stopped to get the, the video of the, the plane. I mean, it's... It's cool to see, but yeah. I was just say, yeah, it's impressive. I'm, I'm, I know we don't agree with what's being done right there, but crop dusting pilots are impressive. It's just like, yeah, it's gonna jump in a plane, fly it twenty feet off the ground, back and forth. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and then keep track of. I mean, I, I have a hard time 
you know, mowing my tiny little yard, like, have I done that patch? And I'm <laughs> running over stuff again. And like, I don't know if there's, is there technology involved that shows them, like, do they get a visual on like, you've covered this swath of this field already? Because they'll do like a, a pretty large circumference where they're hitting several different fields and come back and hit them again. And I don't know if they're doing that all from memory. That's impressive too. I bet it is. I bet it's from memory. (laughs) All right. I got a TikTok kid calling out his mom for uh, virtue signaling and doesn't really even care about him. And then we wrap (laughs) super depressing (laughs) clip. But still kind of funny. I don't know. I can't find anything else to rap with. So is his mom the TikToker or is he the TikToker? He's the TikToker. And his mom is standing there with her mouth open. She can't believe what she's hearing. Okay. My mom doesn't matter. Whoa. Mom doesn't know how to use the phone to record without screaming. My mom doesn't matter if I'm up, if I am gay or lesbian or any of that. She doesn't care. All she cares about is that I'm a part of it. And if I'm not a part of it, she'll try to convince me to um, join it. Because I... What? Are you saying right now? Facts. That I would convince you to join what? The LGBTQIA plus community. There you go. That's where we are. My mom doesn't even care. She just wants me to join. Just uh, can you can you join the rainbow people for my virtue signaling clout? Clout for my Facebook clout. Yeah. So I can say my son is trans. Yeah. My son, formerly known as Stella, now trans. <laughs> Call him Stell. All right, buddy. I think we got to wrap. I think you got to go to work soon. And uh, yeah, I appreciate doing a show. And uh, my apologies for being late. We will try and do it again next uh, Wednesday if we can. Yes, sir. Thanks, everybody, for sticking with us and listening. We appreciate it. And we appreciate your support as well. Yes, we do. And uh, until next week, happy America. Uh, America's not the, the the shining city on a hill. It's not the only Christian nation. It's not the only you know. It's not, it's not, it's some, not a Christian nation. Period. But it's not a Christian nation. Period. But it was a place where Christianity was allowed to flourish because of its religious freedom. Uh, but you know, is it worth blowing up a ton of fireworks about and you know continuing our imperialism? <laughs> Maybe not. But it's also not the worst country ever that needs to be taken off the face of the earth because of its implicit racism and, uh, you know, what is it, Uh, 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 patriarchy. So, hope everybody enjoyed their uh, celebrations and uh, is having a good summer. It's the best time of year. I love love July. It's a hot, hot month. The sun is out every day and there's plenty of time for outdoor activities. So, uh, put your phone down and go outside. Uh, one of the buddies from the men's group I was a part of a while back sent a text out. He said, I got a challenge for everybody. You just got done with a huge weekend of, you know, hanging out with friends, probably eating a little too much, maybe even drinking a little bit. He said, I challenge you to not eat for a day. Just one day. Don't eat. 
put your phone away. Just do like a digital fast, maybe even a food fast and just unplug. Get back to what is most important. So I encourage everybody to do that as well. I will try to do that to some point in my own life as well. So anyway, we have a, a big week. We have to fit a whole week of work into two days here. So onto the weekend and right back into summer. So anyway, I hope everybody has a great week and we'll see you next week. Thank you, everybody. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say-